eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Roll Pod, Alabama sports podcast from Bama 247. I'm Cody Goodwin, and joining me today, yet another member of our Bama 247 team, it's Brett Greenberg. Brett, how you doing, my man? Good, Cody. Happy to uh, be on. Got a couple tough acts to follow with Talty and uh, Rodak, but happy to be on here to talk some recruiting. Taking the first few shows here to um, really kind of introduce everybody, right? We're recording this on a Thursday Final day of August, just two days until the first game week of the 2023 season. Alabama hosts Middle Tennessee State this Saturday night at Bryant-Denny Stadium. But Brett's our recruiting guy at Bama 247. Like the rest of us, he started in early June, has hit the ground sprinting. Today's show, we're going to chat some recruiting with Brett, some recent commits, planned visits, who Alabama is recruiting, as well as some high school football, what Brett's seen through the first couple of weeks of the season, who he's going to hopefully catch up with this week. Um, And then we'll also take a look at Saturday's game, some of the younger guys we're expecting to see against uh, Middle Tennessee on Saturday. Before we dive in, though, Brett, this is just our third episode, right? Um, Bunch of new guys, kind of, sort of. I feel like I'm the newest guy here, um, at least to the market. Uh, But we're going to continue with our introductions. I made both Talty and Rodak do this, so I'm going to make you do it too. Give us a quick sketch, man. Where'd you come from, your path to 247, and your most memorable Alabama football moment that you've covered so far? Yeah, so uh, like Cody said, Brett Greenberg, born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Actually graduated from University of Alabama just a couple years ago. Spent my three or four years there at Tuscaloosa News covering Alabama athletics, primarily Alabama softball, which was an unbelievable beat to cover, as many of these fans on here listening know. That's a great program. A lot of fans behind that program. And so I've primarily covered, you know, sports opposed as not compared to football. So I don't don't know if I have my exact favorable memorable moment. I can say, you know, probably – being there as a student that win in Tuscaloosa versus University of Georgia. I know it was a COVID year. 
Uh, not as many fans in the stadium, but as some people are aware, I'm a pretty large guy, so I kind of like the uh, letting loose, letting uh, my legs breathe and stuff like that, for sure. Absolutely. Well, hey, if, if it's not football, like covering Alabama softball, man, that's had to have had some memorable moments. Tell me, okay, let's let's tee that one up then. What uh, what What's most memorable softball moment while covering that program? Man, um, you know, I'd be remiss not to just talk about Montana Fouts as a, you know, just overall, you know, I know you were up in Iowa. I'm sure you heard her name a lot. And quite frankly, I tell people all this uh, all the time. You know, the last couple of years at University of Alabama it was Bryce Young and Montana Fouts. She had the reach of Bryce Young uh, around the country and in the SEC. But my one, I think, favorite moment of covering Alabama softball would be Alabama's my first year on the beat, first of two years. Alabama's in Women's College World Series, game one, Montana Fouts is on the mound, SEC Pitcher of the Year, every award you can you can name. And it's her 21st birthday, and she throws a perfect game. I mean, I, I wasn't able to be there, but from afar and just talking with her, developing a relationship with her and people in and around the program, it was just awesome to see, great to write about. And my favorite in-person memory would probably be that same year, um, Bailey Hempfill, who, again, a lot of fans know who she is. She's the all-time leading home run uh, in the program history. And so to get that all-time leading, she beat, she hit a walk-off, or go, um, excuse me, go-ahead home run in the sixth inning against Tennessee in the Super Regionals, ended up winning that game, sending them the Women's College World Series and giving Montana Fouts that perfect game. So, man, I I, I tell people all this to- all the time, if you can check out Road Stadium, if you can get a ticket, first of all, I mean, tickets are probably already sold out for next year. It's a great environment, lots of fun, and they got Rita, so. That's pretty fun, man. That's It's funny you mentioned that, like, you know, I'm originally from Iowa. I've said this on the last two shows, been primarily covering wrestling. Um, you know, I think the, the closest thing I've gotten to covering Alabama football is like following Ross Pierschbacher when he came down here from Cedar Falls um, and then really kind of following the uh, the recruitment of Caden Proctor, um, who's a guy we'll probably talk about later in this show. Um, you know, he Des Moines guy uh, committed to Iowa. Uh, Alabama put on the full court press, flipped him literally right before the early <laughs> signing period. And then, you know, he moved down to Tuscaloosa a month later and has been down here ever since. And um, so that's probably as close as I've gotten to covering the Tide. But you know, it's it's funny you mentioned that like being up in Iowa, like, yes, I've heard of Montana Fouts. Like she's, you know, college athletes, like when they're good, they're really good and everybody like knows them. So like rock star status type thing. And Montana Fouts had, you know, a couple of years where she was the pitcher. Like she was the one you had to know if you were going to follow and watch the the Women's College World Series. Not unlike um, Iowa's Caitlin Clark, for example, right? Like women's yeah. basketball yeah. superstar, got the Hawkeyes to the national championship game this past year, lost to LSU, but like she's a household name now, right? Very similar to Montana Fouts and um, kind of interesting to make those comparisons a little bit, just two sports that matter a ton in those markets and in those states and to the, those universities. And, um, you know, when you got superstars like that, it's pretty fun to see them on a stage like that to watch them shine. Yeah, absolutely. And I know those Caitlin Clark and Montana Fouts were, I believe, in Los Angeles for some type of award this summer. I know they've talked to to each other beyond that as well, just trying to be ambassadors for women's sports. And I think those two have done a great job of that for sure. And I don't know if you saw it. It was happening tonight. We're recording on Wednesday night. I believe it was Nebraska Volleyball just sold out their $90,000 or 90,000 seat football stadium for volleyball game, which was just awesome to see the videos. Great. So check it out if you haven't seen that yet. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Nebraska volleyball selling. I think they're playing Nebraska Omaha. Doesn't matter. The fact that they sold out Memorial stadium in Lincoln, um, 
really cool, really cool. I'm glad that it's like not just a moment for women's sports. Like they're really like there's a lot of really good things happening. Um, you know, the Women's World Cup was this summer. Um, Alabama softball has been, you know, routinely a great program. Women's basketball has been on the rise. Like there's just a lot of good things, I think, going on in the women's sports space. And, um, you know, Alabama is one of those schools that um, has absolutely played a small role in that. Um, really fun to hear that. This is Brett. Um, fun to introduce him there. We're going to talk a uh, little bit more football today, specifically recruiting, right? Um, let's start with some recruiting news, man. Alabama's had a flurry of 24 and 25 commitments. That's 2024 and 2025. Just like to shorten it like that to make it simple for those listening. But um, since we all started at Bama 247, I ran the number 16 total commitments, I believe. Um, 13 for the 24 class, including five this last month alone. Two in the 25 class, Anthony Rogers, four-star running back from IMG Academy, and Jamie French, four-star receiver from Jacksonville. And then one even for the 26 class, uh, Zyke Helton. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. 6'2", 320-pound offensive lineman from Carrollton, Georgia. Uh, most recent commitment came earlier this week, actually. Jay Lindsay, three-star tight end from Butler, Alabama, originally committed to Mississippi State, uh, decommitted, ultimately uh, recommitted to Alabama, uh, 6'5", 235 pound, top 50 tight end prospect nationally. Let's start there real quick, Brett. What can you tell us about this, uh, this tight end in Jay Lindsay? Yeah. You, I mean, you said a lot of it, but you know, him being 6'5", 235, it's just, he's, he's ready now, I think to be at that next level. He, he's the first one to tell you, he plays at a lower division in AS, AISA in high school football down in Butler, Alabama, but Alabama fans know this name pretty well. OJ Howard also happened to play in the AISA. So just, you know, food for thought there. I'm watching a lot of his film. He's, he's plays defensive end and tight end. He plays both ways for that school. So that kind of shows you one, the competition he's playing against and two, his physical nature. I mean, I watched probably five, 10 minutes of film. The first three and a half minutes are him taking an edge or a linebacker, the poor edge or poor linebacker, just driving him back 10, 15 yards. Then he's getting up and he's looking on over them and he's looking for the next guy to block. But there's also multiple occasions where he's running a go route or he's running a slant. He's catching the ball. He's high pointing the ball and he's taking it for 50 yards to the house. And, you know, I think we're going to see with, you know, the installation of Tommy Rees and what we've heard of the 12 personnel, which I know we can't talk about enough with you with 12 personnel, <laughs> but the two, the two tight end set, I, he, you know, talking with him, that played a big role in what he's heard and talking with coach Cox and, the tight ends coach Joe Cox and talking about how they're going to be using a lot of guys at that position, maybe a little bit more than you've seen the last couple of years. And one thing I do know about this program is you're not going to play. If you can't block, you saw that with Latu. He played for four years was great. He was security blanket could make catches for you. A lot of red zone touchdowns, but he was a main, mainly, I think a blocker. I don't think that's crazy to say. And I think he, you know, Jay Lindsay takes pride in that for sure. And, you know, while we're on the tight end subject with Caleb Odom as well, he's 6'5", 215, probably closer to 220. Saw him a couple of weeks ago in the home opener for Carrollton with no other than Julian Lewis, obviously the USC commit. Um, believe he's going to be in Tuscaloosa once or twice. We can talk about that a little bit later. But, you know, yeah, Caleb Odom, mismatch, just mismatch, mismatch. I mean, he can line up out wide. He can line up in the slot lineup of his hands in the dirt and he takes a lot of pride in blocking as well but yeah he can go and high point the ball he he's just a freak athlete I think they're very happy with that tight end position I don't anticipate them adding another guy at that position I think they're pretty happy with what they've got right now yeah no and it's I, it's exciting that you know one we're talking about tight ends right and that just might be the big 10 in me still just like yes <laughs> like tight ends blocking catching I, like nuts. I don't know 
Yeah. Right. Like it's, you know, I just, I love the using multiple tight ends on the field because I've just, I've seen what multiple tight ends on the field can do. So it's fun to see and hear that that's sort of trickling down to the recruiting as well. Um, you know, a guy like Caleb Odom, like he, I, I saw, you know, one, I saw him play week one, that dude's got hands. Like that's, he, he moves, he's a great athlete. Um, but two, like after Lindsay had announced his commitment, one of the first tweets I actually saw was Caleb Odom in response to him, like, Hey, like best tight end room in the 24 recruiting class. Right. So like, that's encouraging to see that they're excited about, you know, the idea that Tommy Reese might be there for quite a while. And obviously they know how well that he was able to scheme up some stuff for Michael Mayer when he was at Notre Dame. And, you know, obviously we've been hearing a lot of good things about um, Alabama's tight end room during uh, fall camp as well. So um, exciting to see that Jay Lindsay, um, you know, they're excited about that, right? Um, he's one of five commitments for Alabama in the month of August. The other four, Peyton Woodyard, uh, four-star safety from St. John Bosco in California. That's a pretty good school. Amari <laughs> Jefferson, three-star athlete from the Baylor School in Chattanooga. Rydarius Morgan, three-star safety from Fenwick City. And Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., making us all feel old, three-star corner out of Gadsden City. Brett, what stands out to you about the rest of these guys and Alabama's recruiting throughout the month of August? Yeah, for one, I think it's been a pretty good August. I think they've, you know, missed on a couple guys they'd like to have, like Edric Houston. But, you know, like I always try to tell people, nothing's official till the pen hits the paper in December, even January. But what sticks out to me about that haul in general is just how they're stacking on this elite secondary talent. You talk about Rydarius Morgan, Dre Kirkpatrick, um, Jalen Mbakwe, Zabian Brown. I mean, they've, after going and getting the number one safety in the country last year and Caleb Downs and the number three cornerback and Des Ricks, they're continuing to staff up talent. I think Jalen Mbakwe is one of the best athletes in the country. I mean, he's ranked number two. He can, he's probably one of the best punt returners in, in high school. I think he's going to play a lot of cornerback and punt return. It's funny just to kind of put his athleticism in his perspective. He started his senior year at quarterback for Clay Chalkville, a seven, a powerhouse school down uh, in Alabama. And he, threw for, I think, 160 yards and ran for another 80 and had two touchdowns last week. I think that just kind of speaks to his athleticism. And then I kind of want to hit on Drake Kirkpatrick, like you said. Drake Kirkpatrick Jr., excuse me. Yeah, he's (laughs) making us feel old. But, you know, you might look and say, okay, he's a three-star. And I think that's been coming up more and more. Alabama, I was looking at it, has signed six three-stars, you know, last couple of classes before that. There was no more than two. But – a lot of these guys, I think, are very underrated. Jay Kirk, Drake Kirkpatrick plays in another good region over uh, in Gadsden area. Had two interceptions the other night. Rodarius Morgan, I think, is just freak athlete, can fast, kind of a bullet to the ball. I uh, was actually be uh, going to see him Friday night. And then Amari Jefferson, I really, really, really like Amari Jefferson. I, I know people see three-star, and he was committed to Tennessee for baseball, and you don't really see two-sport athletes happen at the University of Alabama. I know he loves baseball. Uh, he had a great conversation with the baseball coach. I think that helped sway his mind. I think he was pretty much set on the football aspect of it, but the amount of weight he puts in baseball uh, with the new Maryland hire or guy from Maryland, I think that played a part. But, yeah, he had another guy that had two touchdowns. Uh, he actually played – they're from Chattanooga High because they played in Finland. Uh, I'm sorry, Ireland last week, which I'm just – like these are high schools. Like, what's going on here? But he showed, you know, a lot of explosiveness. He plays in another good uh, area as well. So, yeah, I think it's been overall a good month, maybe some misses. But I think it's going to start to pick up a little bit more in these next couple of months when these guys are going back on their unofficial and official visits. You know, it slows down 
last couple of weeks just with not being able to contact. And most of these coaches are primarily focused on, you know, the upcoming season. But I think it's going to start trickling down again uh, soon in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned a lot of the, you know, a lot of defensive backs, right, that committed or guys that maybe project into secondary roles, um, you know, in the same way that like Jay, Jay Lindsay and Caleb Odom are excited about, you know, Tommy Reese and his ability to scheme up tight ends, like who better to play defensive, you know, for when you're a defensive back than Nick Saban, right? Like, I feel like that should just be an obvious thing that these guys get excited about on the recruiting trail. And, um, you know, not just, you know, I, I know Saban looks for very specific traits, very unique traits when it comes to his corners and his safeties. Um, you know, and I'm hearing you talk about these guys are, you know, they do a lot of different things on the field. They play a lot of different sports. Saban really covets that type of versatility, right? That's one thing he's really impressed on throughout this fall camp. Like he wants to develop a secondary that, you know, if they need to pass off assignments, you know, they can play corner, they can play in the slot, they can play safety, they can play star. Um, so having a lot of guys that can do a lot of different things and show off that versatility. I mean, even returning punts, right? Kool-Aid McKinstry was an All-American in that role last year. Um, that's, I mean, that's, that's good. Like, right. That's exactly what Saban wants. And, um, you know, I, a lot of these guys might be three stars, you know, or maybe, you know, fringe four stars, but you know, one, um, they still got another season to go through. There's a very good chance that when the re reevaluations come out, they'll take a bump. Um, you know, but two, like Saban's no dummy, man. Like he knows what he wants. He likes what he sees, obviously, otherwise he wouldn't extend an offer. So, um, you know, Hey, if, if he feels good, I feel good. And if he feels good enough to extend an offer, I think people should probably be excited about these kids wanting to join the program. Yeah, absolutely. I think you kind of hit it right on the head there. But yeah, I like to kind of remind people that Saban's been doing this a long time. Uh, track record speaks for itself on the field, and that starts with recruiting. Um, you know, it's funny, the composite team rankings came out for talent, uh, the annual 247, and Alabama was number one by I think it was 60 plus points. They've been number one the last three years. So that's just the stockpiling of recruitment that he's getting and recruits that he's getting. I, it clearly speaks for itself. There's 18 five stars on the roster this year, which is just, it's just crazy to me. That's bonkers. Um, Alabama's 2024 recruiting class currently ranked number four nationally by 247, behind number one Georgia, number two Ohio State, and number three Florida. Shout out to the Gators, right? <laughs> Crimson Tide, 19 total commitments in its 24 class. A uh, pair of five stars, uh, cornerback Jalen Mbakwe, like you mentioned before, and quarterback Julian Sayan, um, as well as 11 four stars. I'm seeing five defensive backs, four receivers, and then three each on the offense and defensive lines. A um, couple of linebackers as well. Pretty strong follow-up for Alabama after they have the top-ranked 2023 recruiting class. Brad, as you look at this class overall, as it stands right now, what kind of sticks out? What trends are you seeing? And really, what does it kind of tell us about what Alabama – hoping to accomplish with this class yeah I think you know kind of going position by position here you know quarterback as far as recruiting goes Alabama hasn't had to worry about that since you know Julian saying committed in November and years beyond that you know maybe different situation when we get on the field I know you know that all too well covering fall practice <laughs> but yeah I think quarterback's good I think maybe sometimes people look at this class and you know are scrolling and scrolling for a running back commit uh one guy that sticks out as a potential to fill that hole, so to speak, for lack of better words, is Daniel Hill, Meridian, Mississippi, athlete, 6'1", 225, kind of just a bully bowling ball, can really run down your throat and downhill. Uh, was set to commit August 23rd, delayed that a, a day prior. Got to love that. Um, but no word on when he's going to set his next commitment date. But people in the industry, people around I've talked to, seem South Carolina was the lock there. But this delay, I think, puts Alabama in another position, in a better 
bit of a better position, excuse me, uh, maybe to get him back on campus. He's been on campus, I think, can't even count how many times this summer. He's got some ties to Tuscaloosa. Um, and as far as wide receiver go, I think they're good there. We hit on those guys. Um, Rico Scott, he's a guy out of Pittsburgh, or I'm excuse me, Pennsylvania, uh, four-star, maybe not as noteworthy. Uh, people don't talk about him as much, but he's just a speeder, speedster. He had a game-winning touchdown on a slant, about 60-yard slant the other week. Um, I think O-line is another one of those holes, I guess. Uh, you know, only three guys committed. All three look to be interior offense linemen at the next level. I know Casey Poe played left tackle for Lindale this Friday. I think they're trying to probably want to be completely happy with that class, try to add maybe one or two more guys, hopefully at the offensive tackle position. Um, and like we talked about tight ends, I think they're more than happy there. D-line, you know, they've got Isaiah Faga. <clears throat> um and they've got Jeremiah Beeman, two in-state kids. I think they like him a lot. Jeremy Beeman is a highly ranked guy. Uh, Four-star Isaiah Faga may, is another one of those three stars, but plays for Central High School, another good plays. Actually teammates with Rydarius Morgan. Um, so happy to go see them this week. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe add another guy or two there. Uh, there's a Solomon Williams out of Tampa, Florida, four-star edge, D-line rusher. Uh, that seems to be very high on Alabama. I know he's going to be back, I think, either the Texas game or Tennessee game. Still trying to figure that out. Uh, very intriguing prospect also on the D-line is Steve Mubuwama. Excuse me. Uh, it's just difficult to – he's a guy that from Canada uh, kind of came down to camps this year on a circuit, went to Auburn, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Alabama. And, and as talking with him and talking with his trainer, just every coach was like, who the hell is this guy? Like, where'd he come from? And it's funny, he's a 2025 guy. Uh, sat down with Nick Saban after camp and said, I don't care what class you are. We want you now. I think he's extremely high on Alabama. He's a kid that it looks the part, 6'5", 260, just massive, loves Alabama. They showed him this first real love, as he would put it, uh, showed the most love at the beginning. I think they're in the running for them. Um, linebacker, so we've got Sterling Dixon, who's and listed as an edge. He's played middle linebacker for Spanish Fort this year, still finding his footing in there. Transfer from Mobile Christian for three. He played there three years prior. Was edge, get after the quarterback. But Spanish Fort's got a Louisville commit that plays edge. So I'm thinking maybe they're trying to disperse the talent a little bit, try to get both levels. Um, but you got Justin Justin Okoronkwo from Germany. Very intriguing prospect. I'm sure you've seen him a bunch of times. 6'3", 235. Runs like a 4540. Uh, and it got, goes back to if Alabama wants you, and Nick Saban likes you, he's going to find you, and it doesn't matter where you're from. I think they like him a lot. Caden Jones out of Arden, North Carolina, four-star, uh, hard hitter, bruiser, talented guy, speed, sideline to sideline. Um, and then, yeah, we talked about the secondary class. Jameer Grimsley is one I uh, forgot or left out a little bit earlier. He's listed as a wide receiver. He's going to play cornerback at the next level, long, lengthy. I think he's one of those guys that Alabama and Nick Saban is looking for. Speed, plays wide receiver for his high school as well, 6'1", long arms. Um, and, yeah, I think that's that's kind of the whole breakdown. I think, you know, coming off the great class they had last year, I think it's always good to have perspective. And meant to hit on this earlier with the running back position, just signing Richard, John, Richard Young, signing Justice Haynes, and you have Jim Miller, and you got a couple other guys. That running back room is stacked, just quite frankly. And maybe they're not going for a guy this year, and maybe they're going to go all in for a guy in 2025. I like to always kind of keep that perspective that, and quite frankly, just with the way the transfer portal is now, 
maybe they know they're going to, they have, you know, you're going to have kind of your picking being Alabama at any position that you pretty much want to go out and get a guy. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we saw that with Jameer Gibbs. Um, you know, we've seen that, you know, Jalen Keyes, a guy that came through the transfer portal from UAB seems like he's going to get a lot of run, maybe even some starting snaps right out of the gate on Saturday. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's the portals there if they're not able to, you know, land who they want to on the recruiting trail. It's funny you mentioned the running backs. So that was actually the first thing that came to my mind was just like, yo, they got Justice Haynes, who's probably going to get a lot of run this year. Richard Young seems like he's in line to red shirt, but I know that they're really high on him. Jim Miller's probably going to come back next year. He's looked really good this camp. Um, you know, wouldn't be too worried if they didn't get a running back because they've got, like you mentioned, pretty deep room right now. And you've got Anthony Rogers coming in with the next class. Um, you know, assuming that he sticks, they seem fine. They seem mostly. Yeah. Fine. And, and one thing I'll add too is the 2025 class. I, you know, haven't been doing this a very long time, but just always followed it. Seems to be very talented at the running back position as well. I know they're targeting a lot of guys that, and they're very high on them. I know it's seems light years away for 25 guys to commit, but I think they're in good position to, and all these guys you talk to all carry kind of the same sentiment that, I'm good with Anthony Rogers being there. I want to be alongside with him. I want to stack that running back room again, uh, like it once was. And one thing also about so, uh, about the uh, current 2024 class, they're very, very close. They've always been on campus together. Julian Salen, Jalen Mbakwe, Sterling Dixon were, I guess, the early commitments in 2022, kind of in the fall, winter time. They developed great relationships. They've been on campus multiple times. Um, they have a group message. They're always, hey, who should we go get next? type of thing. And I think just having these guys on campus all the time is just such a big plus. Um, you know, I, I always talk about this maybe with, you know, Georgia bringing Dylan Rayola over to Buford. You now, for Georgia, you have him in your backyard. He can come to Athens every weekend, help be that lead recruiter. And to Alabama's, that's Jalen Mbakwe. I mean, he's been very active and guys getting guys to come and just check it out and talking them up. And I think that's anytime you guys can get a you can get guys on campus. Like I said, it's a huge plus. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Speaking of getting guys on campus, I know another huge part of your role as the recruiting guy is to make sure you're keeping tabs on all the guys that are visiting. Um, the season is a prime time to do that, right? And especially this coming weekend. Let's start there this weekend first. I know there's uh, there's some other guys that um, you're keeping tabs on who are going to be here for Alabama, Texas in week two. But week one against Middle Tennessee, um, the list I have is only of the guys who are not currently committed to Alabama. I know that there's going to be a handful of guys that are committed who are going to be there, but what sticks out about these, these visitors that are coming in is there's a couple of guys that are committed to Auburn 
who are going to be on the sidelines on Saturday. What more can you tell us about the visitors that uh, Alabama is going to be hosting on Saturday? Well, I'm shocked you asked me about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so one of those guys is 2024 five-star top-rated def- or excuse me, linebacker Demarcus Riddick. Uh, he was you know, one of the bigger recruitments I think we covered in the last couple months just with – being a longtime Georgia guy, you started to hear rumblings that he was de- he was going to decommit. He felt somewhere else. Then he, you know, it comes down to Alabama Auburn. Anytime anything comes down to Alabama Auburn, you've seen it on the message boards. You've seen it over Twitter. It's just, Fits are up if it's between <laughs> Alabama and Auburn, man. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is, man. Um, but yeah, so he ultimately ended up committing to Al or excuse me Auburn. Part of that kind of recruiting surge by Hugh Freeze for those couple weeks, uh, who's also done a great job. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Um, but yeah, I think getting him back on campus this week being week one is a very, very, I wouldn't say good sign because, you know, he's still committed to Auburn, but very big get to get him back on campus. And we can dive into it a little bit later, but with just the guys that are committed being there in his ear, a lot of them, you know, a lot of these in-state guys know each other, grew up together, played seven on seven versus each other. I think that's a big get. And another guy. Auburn commit is 2025 four-star D lineman uh, Malik Autry still so still does not have an Alabama offer anyone you talk to it's coming he needs to put a little bit more tape together but he's one of those guys that wait he's not a 24 guy just from a physical standpoint got to watch both of them over at a showcase uh, down in Alabama a couple weeks ago they looked the part Um, he talked to me he grew up loving Alabama loves everything about Alabama loves the relationships. I think that that offer is going to come soon. I think he's worth, you know, looking at. And then another 2024 guy, three-star linebacker, Quentin Reese. Um, maybe not as highly rated as a guy, but we go back to, you know, if he's getting a real committal offer, Nick Saban sees something we don't. Um, he was, uh, doesn't have many power five offers. I think, I believe Alabama is the only one. I know he's going to be back in town, out of town. I think it's good for that. But if you notice, those three guys, all defense. Alabama, I think, as you've seen it too with the SEC, you need defense alignment. You need the offense alignment. You need to rotate guys out. So I think they're trying to stack as many guys as possible. Um, As far as the commits, not as big as a list as it's going to be for the next weekend. I think also worth noting is, yeah, there may not be as many targets or uncommitted players coming this weekend. But that's because they're coming the following weekend. They're coming to see Texas under the lights. You talk to a lot of guys that haven't been to Brian Denny for a state for a game or even under the lights. Everybody wants to, they've heard, you know, people are in their ear. But yeah, I think Jalen Mbakwe is going to be there. I believe Sterling Dixon's going to be there. William Sanders will be there. I believe Ryan Williams, the 2025 five star. And he's been him alongside Jamie French, who's the other 2025 five star wide receiver committed part of that. Small but very good class, been very active on the recruiting uh, world. And anytime you got two wide receivers that are number one and number four in the country, you're going to have a pretty easy time getting a quarterback uh, in that class. Um, And then another guy committed is a four-star offensive tackle, Mason Short out of Evans, Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, they don't have a huge, huge list, but they're going to have a lot more guys in uh, Texas. Yeah. Well, and so you follow this a lot more than I do. Um, one, because it's your job too. like recruiting. There's just so many flying bullets that I just find it so hard to keep track of. Um, I, I, it, Alabama's got to feel pretty confident about getting two guys who are currently committed to Auburn on campus week one. I know it's not Texas game, 
but it's the first game of the season. They're committed to the other school, but they want to come visit Alabama again. Like they got to feel pretty good about that, right? Yeah. I, I, again, you know, I don't always like you said it too. There's so much to follow in, and these a lot of these kids know exactly what they're doing. And I'm not saying that's the case, but may just want to come to Alabama to be talked about them more. I'm not saying that's the case <laughs> at all. Not you know naming names or anything like that. I truly don't think that's the case. But yeah, and I, I, I go back to anytime you can get these guys on campus, committed elsewhere or not, it's a great great thing. I know Demarcus has been there for. I believe he's been there for a game before. But yeah, to get him on campus doesn't matter the game. Talk to him in person, give him kind of the royal treatment. Again, I don't know if you remember, but he was the actual uh, for the spring game. Nick Saban pulls up in his Mercedes. Uh, the rest of the team gets off the bus, but he pulls up right in front of the Walk of Champions, and Demarcus Riddick gets out of the uh, shotgun front seat uh, alongside Nick Saban. So that kind of shows you how much they're prioritizing him, and I'm, I'm sure he's going to have another great time. And I think it's just give him something more to think about, give him more something to think about. And then as far as the 2025 guy with Malik Autry, I think it's a good thing. You get him on campus. Maybe who knows, maybe the offer comes this weekend. I'm not entirely sure, but again, you know, you follow the 2025. I try not to look so far into 2025 just because it's so far away. I mean, Alabama has five commitments. All five could end up elsewhere. Who, who, I mean, just who knows you, you never know, especially in the world of, NIL with the way we know how things work here. Anything can happen at any, any moment. 100%. Yeah. Um, do a quick glance ahead. Um, Alabama, Texas. We don't need to rattle through all of those names that are visiting. Um, if you want to check out all the names that Brett does know, please go to Bama247's VIP board. He's got a running list that he will keep updated all the way through until kickoff for the Alabama, Texas game. So we're talking next weekend, week two. A lot of four and five stars on this list. A lot of number one ranked guys, number two ranked guys at their position nationally. As a teaser, like give give us like who are the priority guys that are coming to visit Alabama for the for the Texas game next week? Yeah, so there's a trio of 2024 guys. Terry Buss, Bussy, number two athlete, uh, plays four different sports in high school. Similar to Jalen Mbakwe, can play both ways. He's a guy that Alabama could have and probably plug in anywhere. He's told me that he's happy with play wherever he wants. He The team wants him. He's got an official visit for the Texas weekend, and he'll head to LSU before his September 28th announcement. I think A&M is probably, him being a Texas guy, A&M is in the best position. But again, to get this guy on campus, to show him the, the ropes, give him the royal treatment is a great thing. Uh, another 2024 guy is... Favor Edwin, uh, very interesting prospect. Actually, was born in Nigeria, moved over a couple years ago. Has played two real games of high school football in his career. Six eight, three hundred pounds. Uh, was in Tuscaloosa for the Champions Cookout. Got an offer a couple weeks prior out of camp. That shows you what Alabama sees in him without even having tape. He obviously dominated and did his job at camp to get that offer. He absolutely loves Alabama. Similar to. Uh, just the way he was treated and the current 2024 guys and Casey Poe, William Sanders, Joseph Iannata talking to him and, hey, let's let's build this next O-line. You, you talk about the current guys talking about getting back to running the ball. These guys want to do that too and create another you know great wall in Alabama. And then a guy I talked about as well is Solomon Williams, Tampa, Florida. Get him on campus again I think is a good – Good thing. I talked to him in, I think it was July. Uh, he had named Oregon and Alabama his leaders. That was 
before he went on other visits. So interesting to interested to get back with him and talk with him and learn a little bit more about Alabama goes about Alabama. Um, very interesting prospect. Number two, DN, I think a top eight player in 2025 in-state guy, Zion Grady. They've been very high on him. Getting him back on campus is another great, great thing. Um, couple other guys for you. Uh, it's far out, I know, but 2026 guy, number one ranked linebacker, Anthony Jones out of Mobile, Alabama. He had, I think, like 131 tackles as a freshman last year, like two interceptions and like three touchdowns. Just an absolute freak. I think he's the number seven overall player in the latest 2026 initial top 100. Um, plenty of other guys, plenty of more guys are going to come in in the next couple of weeks. I think, you know, one thing you learn too is these kids are 16 and 17 year old years old. I know it's 16 and 17. I don't know if I was planning even a day out, you know, um, and, and they've got coaches in their ears saying, Hey, come to us. Hey, come to us. Hey, come to us type thing. Um, and just with high school schedule too, you know, they're still trying to figure it out. And as far as commits go, I was talking to, you know, earlier with middle Tennessee, that's a, loaded group of commits set to be in town. I believe it's 12 or 13 um, majority. I think it's eight or nine of the 24 guys. So to get them back together and get those bonds together and create better relationships and lock in that they're with the Crimson Tide, nothing's going to change that. And then go talk to a 25 guy, go talk to a 26 guy, go talk to Terry Bussey and the other guys, Hey, commit now, you know, it's going to, you know, you put a lot of pressure on them. Um, it's funny. I was talking with Jay Lindsay and he was at the champions cookout and he was telling me, you know, all those guys were this one. He's Mississippi State commit at the time. They're all giving a bunch of heat and hey, like, what do you like? Come on now. And obviously it works. So it'll be very interesting. But yeah, like you said, full list, a running list on Bama 247, working to confirm a whole lot more. It's going to be one of the more loaded weekends, I think, of recruiting uh, for Alabama. Another week to look at is LSU, you know, of course, down the road. And we'll continue to uh, follow that every week. A lot of dudes coming to campus. A lot of dudes coming to Tuscaloosa. Another fun part of your job, Brett, is getting to watch a ton of high school football. Last two weekends, you've kept tabs on Alabama commits and targets, um, kind of in and around Alabama and Georgia and really all over the country. Um, as the high school season's kicked off, where all have you been so far? Who all have you seen? And I, honestly, what are your plans for this coming Friday? Yeah, so like I said earlier, I was at, over at Carrollton High School for ESPN2 matchup part of the geico espn kickoff uh saw julian lewis saw zakai helton who's committed 2026 o-line and played a lot of center uh still young he didn't play center last year still trying to learn his role but he's a guy that i think alabama fans are going to like and i would be thoroughly shocked if he does if he's not end up in tuscaloosa in two years i mean he's like i, I want to go now type thing um i don't know if he's ready uh, just from physicality standpoint, he's going to fill out. But yeah, we talked about Caleb Odom, just just an absolute freak the way he plays, and he kind of just glides. He had an outstanding one-handed catch. Um, wasn't able to go anywhere last weekend, but was able to watch four different commits as part of the Geico ESPN Challenge. You watch Ryan Williams. No shocker why he's the number one receiver in the country. I mean, he's <laughs> he's make make a guy miss and he's gone. He had two touchdowns against a really good Litscombe Academy team. I thought that game was going to be challenging for Sarah Land. You know, they've got a bunch of talent with uh, KJ Lacey, Texas commit defense alignment, Antonio Coleman, who Alabama 2025 got Alabama was very high on. It was a tough game. They won 31 30. Um, also was able to watch Julian saying, you know, you hear all about Julian saying all the time, you watch the clips from the elite 11 and 
win an Elite 11 MVP, kind of surging up the rankings, number two quarterback, number five overall player. Watching him on my TV, it's just like I knew he was going to have pinpoint accuracy. I knew he was going to find his guys. But what thoroughly impressed me was his ability to get out of the pocket and use his feet. Um, he had, I think it was like 77 rushing yards, one rushing touchdown. He, you watch him, it's like, oh, that's a sack. Oh, wait, he's you know he's running. Like it was, it's very impressive. He was talking with his trainer, who he's had since eighth grade this afternoon, and he was just telling me he's like, listen, man, what people in and around and in his inner circle knew that was the case. People around San Diego knew that was the case. It was so big to have him on the national stage and showcase why he's the number two quarterback in the country. Um, some people will tell you he should be number one. Some people should tell you he should be number two. It'd be very interesting to see who ends up being the number one rated quarterback when it's all said and done. Quite frankly, to me, the guy's committed and he's on campus. I don't care if he's number one or number two. But, you know, <laughs> some fans, you know, especially with, you know, between it being between an Alabama and a Georgia guy, you want to have that pride. Um, i trying to think who else. That's pretty much it. I have a full breakdown of Julian saying had a great conversation with his trainer, just kind of talk about his progression how he's handled the pressure being in San Diego. And it was very cool to get some perspective from a guy who's known him since he was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, see what he is now. He, he said he always knew this was going to be the case. And the following that Julian has out there on the younger generation, his trainer talked about, which is very interesting, very cool to see. Um, I think Alabama fans are really going to like this guy. A uh, whole lot of expectations, though. <laughs> I was going to say heavy wears the crown, right? But, you know, I mean, when you're when you're a quarterback like that, and I mean, especially in today's world, like with social media, the way things fly around all the time and the way that people have access to certain things. I mean, like, you know, a decade ago, I probably am not paying any attention to the Elite 11 competition this year. You know, I'm not following it beat for beat, but like, I'm, you know, hey, I, how are they doing? What's going on? You know, back when I was in Iowa, like there were a few quarterbacks that would go compete at that competition, like JJ Cole and guys like that. And, um, you know, so naturally I'm just kind of like, okay, like who are the big names? And, you know, naturally you've got, you know, Julian Sane and Dylan Rayola. And it's like, oh, okay. Like that's, that's pretty cool. Right. And so, you know, when you commit to a Georgia, you commit to an Alabama, um, you know, kids are young enough now where like those are the you know two of the programs right and so it's you know oh you know so you're little and you're you know you're training in the same room or near you know a guy that's going to go to alabama it's like whoa like you know oh like, yeah absolutely what's that guy doing how do i become like him right like that's it's a very magnetic thing like i've seen it on a smaller scale in iowa um so i can only imagine you know i don't know if it's pressure or just you know the amount of pride he probably feels in being a dude like that in his community yeah, absolutely. And, you know, talking with him too, I think, you know, that can get to someone's head very easily. You talk about, you know, how good you are. You're told how good you are forever. You're the highest ranked. You're one of the highest ranked guys. You're going to Alabama, but he, he's just mentally, I think he's different. I think he reminds me of, you know, Bryce Young. Um, I know anytime you make comparisons, it's can get dicey and certainly Bryce Young. I'm not trying to do either a disservice at all, but just the way he carries himself, the way he, his teammates, you can tell, respect him. And uh, you know, when he, that he has command of that locker room, you know, he has the ability to know when to, you know, goof off and, you know, be a kid, be a high school kid. You know, sometimes I forget that for a second. These kids are 16, 17 years old. I remember <laughs> my time when I was 16, 17 years old, I was, you know, doing, doing things. Um, <laughs> um, 
but yeah, I, I think he's just has that humility about him and, you know, can be serious and grab you by the neck and tell you where you need to be, but it's never going to be in a negative way. It's going to be, I'm trying to get you better. I think that's a guy that can command the huddle. I think it's huge at, at, at any school at any level. hundred percent. No, I've talked with plenty of trainers and, um, you know, coaches and, you know, when guys get to a certain level as, you know, a high school prospect, um, you know, that can be their arrival moment and they can kind of sit back and chill and maybe not be as motivated because they feel like they've hit a certain spot or, you know, they can hit that certain spot and it's like, okay, what do I got to do to stay here? What do I have to do to keep climbing? Right. It's easy to maybe take the first few steps up the ladder, but then very incremental, the incremental steps that come after that. It's like, that takes a ton more hard work. Oh yeah. Right? Absolutely. absolutely. So, you know, it's, it's cool to see that a guy like Julian saying like he, he seems to fall more in the ladder where it's like, cool, I'm here. How do I stay here? Right. And so he can just sure. continues to put in work like that. Um, other guys that um, have continued to put in work like that are now currently on Alabama's roster. Going to transition to last last half of the episode here. Talking about this upcoming, there is a game on Saturday um, at long last, Alabama versus Middle Tennessee. Um, and I figured kind of a fun part here to maybe chat about with you is I know you're more focused on the you know, 24, 25, even 26 guys, um, guys who are still currently on the recruiting trail, but um, – Handful of young guys, I'm expecting at least, and I'm sure a lot of us are, are probably going to see the field on Saturday. Um, so, you know, kind of the true freshman list, I think we can go ahead and put in Sharpie that we're probably going to see Caleb Downs, right? True true freshman safety from Georgia, Caden Proctor, uh, left tackle out of Iowa. Perhaps we could see Justice Haynes at running back. Maybe that might be a later in the game type of thing. Some other freshmen that I know um, Saban's talked about, uh, Keon Keeley, Yonze Pierre, uh, Cole Adams potentially in the return game. Um, you know, some other guys that we might see, do we see a Jalen Hale? Do we see a Jaron Hamilton? Do we see a miles McVeigh? Do we, do we see Dylan Lonergan maybe in the fourth quarter? I'm not hundred percent sure. Also some red shirt freshmen, probably going to see Ty Simpson, probably going to see some Danny Lewis, probably going to see some Antonio kite or a little, maybe some Elijah Pritchett, maybe some Jake Pope. I'm curious for you, Brett, um, guy that pays attention to a lot of these younger guys as they transition from recruits to actual players of all the young guys on Alabama's roster, that'll probably see the field on Saturday. Who are you most excited to see? Yeah. You know, again, low hanging fruit here. I seem, you know, we talk about him pretty much every single day and you just talk about it too. Obviously Caleb Downs is going to be that start. I'm very interested. I think Rodak was talking about it. Just, yeah, you can be that college level guy, but what's going to happen when you're actually on the field against college level players I think he's going to be fine. Um, again, I, I really love Justice Haynes, you know, one of the top running backs in the country. You know, it's, again, stacked running back room, but I think, you know, maybe he has a chance to play in that game and maybe not come out type thing. Um, you know, and no disservice or discredit to Jam Miller or any of those other guys, but I think Justice Haynes is going to be very, very good. I know he was dealing with a little bit of a contusion, but I think he's fully back, I believe. Um one guy interested me, I, I know you mentioned, was Jalen Hale. Just with, I guess, the uncertainty at wide receiver position, just with what we've heard about the drops and maybe not a solid set of starters yet or that alpha guy. I don't know if Jalen Hale can be that alpha guy, but you know he's highly ranked, five-star. Um, I think he has an opportunity to play. And it's funny, I saw something the other day that, Believe it or not, Jalen Hill is just the fifth five-star in the Saban era from wide receiver position. And I was like, huh? that's crazy. I'm like, what? So <laughs> all I'll tell you is Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle were not four stars. 
um, which is just, <laughs> it's just crazy. That stat kind of just blew my mind just with the success that at wide receiver that they've had for a very long time. Um, so yeah, obviously highly rated guy. I think he has a chance to play. And then again, another guy is Malik Benson. I know he's a community college guy. You know, you talked about him a lot. Uh, he's gotten to see, he seems like he's been getting a lot of reps. I think he has opportunity to play a lot as well. Um, and again, yeah, Keon Keeley, I was, you know, listening to the defensive breakdown with you and Rodak, just with, you gotta have line depth. You just have to, you know, you gotta be able to rotate eight, 10, maybe even 12 guys, uh, just by the end of the game, by the end of the season. So you're not broken down and he, you know, number one player looks the part physically, I, you know, I think Alabama has been kind of missing, like Rodak was saying, that alpha guy or guy that comes in and just dominates from day one. Obviously, you've got the Will Anderson, but as far as, you know, the inside of the line and all that type of stuff, I think he has a chance to maybe play a lot as well. Um, let's see who else. And then, yeah, again, you know, your guy, to some, so to speak, Caden Proctor, you know, I don't know if is he is he going to be a starter? I so I'm under the impression that he he has like a half step lead on Pritchett to start at left tackle. Um, so I imagine they'll both probably play. Um, I just I picture Caden probably taking the first snaps at left tackle, and they'll probably find a way to smoothly you know work them both out. But I that's that's at least everything I've heard. Right. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things too, especially looking back to last year, just the uncharacter uncharacteristic mistakes that Alabama fans haven't seen in a long time. The holdings, the false starts. I think it's going to be a little bit of a short leash up there for sure, especially in that first game against a team, Middle Tennessee, that you're expected to win. I think in all reality for me, it's cut down on mistakes. And if you win by seven points, you win by 25 points, whatever it may be, get as many guys looks as possible. A win's a win, in my opinion. I know everybody would like to win 63 to three. Does that happen? May, but who knows if it does. Um, but yeah, I think like you said, it's going to be a, kind of just put his full roster out there, so to speak. Maybe not everybody's going to play, but hopefully build a comfortable enough lead to let those guys get out there, show show them what you're made of. I mean, you look at Isaiah Bond last year, maybe wasn't in the main rotation, but started getting more and more play. And by the end of the year, he was a starter and had great catches and got his first touchdown in the Sugar Bowl. So again, just because a guy maybe doesn't play as much at week one, that was highly ranked, he could very well be a key part of the offense or defense towards the end of the year. And obviously we look at Isaiah Bond, we appears he's probably going to be a starter. I, I I don't know if you agree with that or not, but he seems to be like, he's going to be a big part of this offense. Yeah. I think he'll probably start in the slot, like right out of the, right out of the gate. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I included, you know, handful of, you know, Justin, Hay- Justice Haynes, um, you know, Jaron Hale, maybe Dylan Lonergan, maybe Keon Keeley, uh, maybe Yonze Pierre, you know, I included some of those guys because you assume that against a middle Tennessee that the A and the B teams, right, more or less take care of business so that the fourth quarter you can you can get some of these guys, some of those varsity reps. Right. And so you hope that, you know, you'll see Keon Keeley in the fourth quarter. You hope that Justice Haynes is the running back in the fourth quarter. You hope that, you know, maybe Dillard Lonergan's out there throwing passes. You hope that Jalen Hale's on the receiving end of those passes. Right. Like there's, you know, you a week one opponent, you know, like don't play with your food, just go take care of business. Um, but you hope that they take care of business in a way that allows some of these younger guys to get out there and play. Um, you kind of hit on, uh, you know, the last two questions that I had for you here, um, you know, kind of who do you think of the young guys, right? These true freshmen, redshirt freshmen, guys that just 
you know, this is going to be their first season or first season where they're actually going to, you know, be in contention to get some run here. Who do you think will have the biggest impact this season for Alabama when looking at a lot of the younger guys? Um, again, it's just, if you look at impact, you look at season, it's, it's going to be Caleb Downs. I mean, you know, <laughs> it, it just is, I think it is going to be just his hands again. I, I, I really, really like him. I think, you know, like you mentioned too, Yonze Pierre has an opportunity to be, you know, you got Dallas Turner, you got Chris Braswell, but behind that, like you said, what, what's there, uh, a whole lot of four stars and five stars, but can you prove it on the field? Um, let's see who else we got here. Justin Jefferson, I know, has was in the running, at least in the spring. I don't know how much he's played uh, since then, but I like him a lot. I think Jihad Campbell, who's you know five-star last year, will get some run at linebacker position. And like Rodak and you were saying, too, you know, injuries are part of the game. So you never really can predict who's going to step in in a role, but hopefully you know, these guys are ready to you know, fill position and need should something happen. 100%. Yeah, I think um, you know, I – might be a homer pick a little bit just because of where I came from, but I think Caden Proctor is a guy who could also be the answer to this question, right? Um, just because, you know, if he's able to step forward and, you know, I think one thing that maybe people don't maybe know 100%, right? You see a guy who's six seven, you know, 360 pounds, and it's just like, yeah, like he is a dude. Um, he struggled a little bit his junior year at Southeast Polk in Des Moines. Um, he was a guy that, you know, he, he had earned the five-star rating, um, but there were a couple of games earlier that year where I was just kind of like, I'm not sure I see it, um, you know, come to find later, you talk with people who know football way better than I do, right? Like playing left tackles hard. Um, you're isolated, usually against a very talented defensive end. And oh, if yeah. on the other sideline, um, there's a pretty good coaching staff that knows how to coach that defensive end into very successful positions, like you're going to get tested. I don't care how good or bad you are. Right. So midway through his junior year, I go back and watch Caden Proctor again, you know, kind of like, okay, like show me something, kid okay, he looks like a five-star now, right? And he looked like that the rest of his high school career. He helped lead his high school to two large class state championships in the state of Iowa. So if this kid comes out and he's going to look the part, he's physically, he's a freak. He has got some tremendous strength. If people try to come out now physical him, it's just not going to work. Like he, as soon as he gets his hands on you, that he wins the rep, it's over. How does he handle the speed? How does he handle stunts and games? Um, especially in the SEC where guys are just that much better, right? It just means more. It wouldn't surprise me if Proctor struggles from time to time, especially in his first game out, especially when they get into SEC play. But with more reps, this is a guy that's going to settle in. He's going to figure out a lot of stuff. He's going to have Tyler Booker next to him that's going to help him ease that transition in. He's going to be fine. He's going to be really, really good. And he's going to be your left tackle for the next three to four years. And you guys should be really excited about that. <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know about four years, Cody. Uh, I said three <laughs> to four, you know, cause you know, six, seven, three sixty kids yeah. probably going to the league. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned Tyler Booker. One guy I also wanted to mention was Seth McLaughlin, you know, that four star ended up being plugged into the starter role at the end, two seasons ago. Played Each really, of the last two seasons. Right. Forget that. Yeah, has played really well. And I think he's a guy at, at the center position that's going to help Caden Proctor move along. And he's been in the SEC for a long time. He's played a lot of games as well. So, you know, I, I'm excited to watch the offensive line. I really am. I know that's probably been the biggest hype point. I think, you know, you talked, Cole Kublik was talking about it. Greg McRoy was talking about it. So, you know, they got a lot of expectations. They've been talking a lot too. And we're going to, we'll see it in a couple of days. Final question I got for you tonight, Brett. Who is someone we likely won't see a lot of in week one who could then get more playing time, more reps as the season goes? 
of the younger guys or anybody? Younger guys. Younger guys. Um, Caleb, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that kid's going to get all the reps. <laughs> um, let's see here. I like Hunter Osborne a lot. Mm. Uh, number 21, D Lyman. You know, again, I think that room is full of four and five stars, but he played at Hewitt Trustful, Class 7A. Very tough region, very tough schedule over there. Uh, near near the Tuscaloosa area, actually. Um, I think maybe he surprises people. But, yeah, it's it's not going to be easy. Like you said, it's the SEC. I don't care if you're a four- or five-star. We've seen it happen many times where guys just don't pan out. But, yeah, he's maybe someone to follow for sure. I think uh, – so I, when I thought of this question as I was forming it earlier today, Justice Haynes was the only guy in my head, right? Because they Alabama likes their running back room. You got Jason McClellan. You got Jam Miller. You got Roy Dell Williams. And then you've got Justice Haynes. Um, I know he played really, really well last spring. He had a tremendous a day, um, small itty bitty, non really concerned injuries through fall camp. Um, but this is a guy who I think is going to, he's going to flash in the fourth quarter. Um, not that attrition is going to ultimately allow him, but I think the coaching staff, um, is going to allow him the opportunity to slowly climb the depth chart and not that he'll be the starter by the end of the year, but I think he'll firmly be in that running back rotation as the season goes. And he could be a really good change of pace guy. Um, as long as he, you know, is up to date on his pass protection, uh, if he can show that he can catch out of the backfield a little bit, which he did show in the spring, this is a guy who probably a lot of mop up duty early, but then as the season goes, I think he can get a lot more run with the A team. Um, you know, I think he could maybe not so much a game changer, but definitely a guy who can impact games for Alabama as the season goes along. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I think you hit that spot on there. And for some reason, just anybody who wears number twenty two at running back, I just automatically I think they're just incredible they just look better to me I don't know why it's just maybe it's Mark Ingram I'm not sure but yeah I I think you're exactly right I think he's going to be a guy that's going to be getting carries a lot and again injuries are part of the game you you never know what happens there fumbles are part of the game and one thing you can't do in Nick Saban's offense and Nick Saban's team is fumble so we'll, we'll see man 100 that is that's all we've got today man Brett I appreciate you joining me man this was fun yeah absolutely let's let's do it again my man we will. So we will be back Sunday tentatively to recap Alabama's week one game against Middle Tennessee. I think we're all largely expecting the Tide to win without much fuss, but there are still plenty of things that we will be keeping an eye on throughout Saturday's games, including many of the young guys we just hit on. In the meantime, be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, even our Bama 247 YouTube page. Last week, Talty and I broke down Alabama's offense. Earlier this week, Rodak and I discussed Alabama's defense. Be sure to check out those episodes if you haven't already. Subscribe to Bama 247 and 247 Sports, especially now that the season is here, guys. Got a lot of fun stuff coming, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk again soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 